Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, this is Joelle and I am the Vibrarian. This is the Psychic Inside Show. This is the conversation that I get to have with amazing people who have really tapped into all of their psychic gifts and abilities. And let me tell you, these stories that I get to have and the conversations are so fascinating that I am delighted to be able to share them with you through the blog platform on the Vibrate Collective Network. Now, I'm here on Tuesdays during the season, and you can reach us at 646-787-8436, and you can always stream the episodes afterwards on iTunes, Google Play, all of the places where podcasts are distributed. I also put the episodes up on the Vibrate YouTube channel so that you can listen to it at your own speed and in your own time. Now, I believe that everyone is psychic. You just may not realize it. And so one of the goals of this show is to be able to have conversations with people um, because hopefully you'll hear something in these stories that resonates with you and turns the light bulb on so that your journey may be a little bit easier. One thing that I find is a common experience is that many people when they're younger don't necessarily know what is happening to them. And so these kind of conversations help to demystify it and you feel like you're not alone and you're not going crazy. So I invite you to connect with me on social platforms at The Vibrarian. That's T-H-E-V-I-B-E as in energy, R-A-R-I-A-N. Please tag me. Let me know if you would like to come on and share your story. Send me a message. Find a way to get in contact with me because I would absolutely love to learn more about you and share your story as far as I can. So this evening, I'm like a kid in a candy store because my guest is a woman who I feel like I must have known in a past lifetime because when I get together with her, it's like playtime in school. We get to have giggles and conversation, and it just flows so easily. So my guest this evening, is her name is Alka Kapoor, and she is also known as the shaman in the city. She is co-proprietor of the Crystal Matchmakers with her partner, Mark, and they are doing their part to connect people with the high vibrational crystal family that's out there for us. And Alka is out in the Atlanta area and beyond helping you to connect with your higher guidance and to facilitate healing for you. So this evening, Alka, I'm just so delighted to welcome you to the Psychic Sideshow. I'm excited. <laughs> oh, thank you. So I love that energy, Joelle. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure being here. And how true of you to say we we both are like little girls in a candy store when we're together. We can't stop the giggles and the chatter. I love it. I love it so much. Thank you for having me. Well, the first time that I met Alka was at a local metaphysical group, and she is small in stature but big in energy, and she was sitting over there in the corner and had some crystals in her hand, and the crystals, she was working the crystals and setting up the space and the energy, clearing out like there was a vortex around you as you were sitting there with your pendulum and your crystals, and it was just very, very 
captivating. So I'm just excited to find out more about you. We've had some personal conversations, of course, but I really don't know a lot about your journey. And so this is my opportunity to be inquisitive and then to also share that information with the rest of the audience. So do you resonate with the term psychic? Um, yes and no. Um, obviously, I mean, growing up, um, and, you know, and finding out that there, it's a different world out there and I see things differently. I imagine things differently. Um, I always felt the need to, yeah, put, uh, perhaps put a name to who I thought I was or the things I thought I could do. And psychic seemed to be the only word that I could attach to it. Um, I, I just believe, and I've always said this, that like you, we all are psychic. We all, it's its just part of who we are. So, yes, the word lends itself some weight, some gravitas to who we are. But at the same time, it is something we all are. It's almost like saying, hey, we're all human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I do resonate. But if you if you see where I'm coming from as well, that it's almost, the most obvious thing you could say about anybody to me. (laughs) I agree with you, but you know, that word, the certain words and certain contexts and cultures are loaded with additional context. So I do like to ask my guests whether psychic is something that they resonate with or if they are not utilizing that term to describe themselves. Um, did your gifts and how you operate then present as a child? Were you were you always psychically aware? Um, I believe I come from a long line of very highly aware, very highly psychic women, especially in my family. I've um, always told, um, and when I actually presented this idea to my mom, um, she looked at me and I told her, if we think about the fact let's say let's take my grandmother she used to love to cook and she you know she wouldn't have a recipe book she cooked and people flocked to their home to eat and everyone left satisfied and happy and jovial and so if that is not a psychic or a witch or a you know um a special a someone with special powers then i don't know who is because in everything my grandmother did. She put her love in. She put spells in everything that she did. And my mom is exactly the same. In fact, my mom, as you can absolutely say, is a psychic medium because um, she could talk to, you know, other beings and she could hear messages from other beings, uh, yet she denied it her whole life. She'd just say, oh, I know things. Well, she didn't know how she knew them, but she knew them. And so from a young child, I was always very, very curious about everything and very highly connected to my own intuition. So I would say things and mom would ask, how do you know this? And I'd say, I know it, mom. Just, you know, just listen to me. I know it. Um, Mm -hmm. She says, I've been like that since I was three years old. (laughs) Um, Bossy bossy and a Miss Know-It-All. And yet the bossy and Miss Know-It-All I discovered many years later was 
that instinctual nature of listening to my intuition and following my intuition and knowing when something is right or not right, finding that out as an adult, to me, I felt was a disservice to who I was because that I spent that, you know, that many years not knowing my true nature. And one of the things I really want to do is to help children and teens and young adults discover that inane part of them, that intuitive part of them, and use that and know that it's that is it is who they are and not to deny it. Because we spend too long a time denying it and then relearning it. Mm. Mm-hmm. That is a common thing that um, I do hear from people that they suppress it for because of societal or familial environment not being supportive only to find out that it's something that was like whispered about or that, you know, like you said, everybody came for the healing food or the healing herbs, but they came to the back door. (laughs) It wasn't part of the front facing part of the dynamic. So it does cause a disconnect of of alienation. Um, But it doesn't seem like you it seems like you were very confident in embodying that then with a purpose. Did you ever enter a period of time where you then did suppress or reduce that connection? Yeah, when I, um, almost when I hit puberty, I think that, um, well, now that I look back at it and try and, you know, connect and study it, I think that's when the, the, that, um, let's use the word power, um, kind of started growing, but instead of letting it grow, I had to suppress it. So physically, it manifested as migraines. Um, I used to suffer really bad migraines, and mm-hmm. I became moody and grumpy, and that, that um, it was interesting because um, my mom um, interpreted that as, being hangry or being, you know, hungry. So she would tell people, oh, if Alka turns um, moody or grumpy, just feed her. And that's when um, the weight gain happened. So I spent majority of my life um, obese or, you know, always having challenges and issues with my physical appearance and with weight. And while I don't necessarily, um, or now I know, you know, not to blame my mother for it because she herself was trying to hide something, um, mm-hmm. but it, it it was just a um, result of suppressing that and building this um, shield, you know, a shield of protection around myself um, that didn't let anyone um, hurt me or attack me or accuse me of um, doing things or being things that was not considered normal or was not accepted by society. So I spent a large part of my teenage life, my 20s, protecting myself from people Mm. and um, then, you know, um, focusing so much on the physical world, the corporate world, and um, building this immense masculine energy. So when, you know, you do uh, explain how tiny I am in stature, but with <laughs> that big personality, um, that that 
was also a result of working in a world that was dominated by the masculine energy and needing to be heard and seen and, you know, um, just getting up there in the corporate world and being ambitious. So I kind of transferred all of my um, energy, my vibration, if, uh, if I could say that, into the physical world, into ambition, into um, climbing up the corporate ladder, into protecting myself. Mm. I think a lot of us can relate to that uh, protective behaviors to insulate us from, um, especially if people are clairsentient or what the, the popular term is now is empath meaning that they're strongly sensing other people's feelings and energies and context, that protection from that uh, experience tends to bring people into a kind of a negative dynamic or coping behavior. Would you say that clairsentience is or was at that time part of your stronger sense? Absolutely. Clairsentience and clairaudience. I used to um, constantly hear things. And I remember once um, I was in a meeting and I was hearing this disembodied voice at the time tell me to tell one of my colleagues um, about their dead grandparent. And I was sitting there fighting with myself in this, you know, meeting with all these high-level executives with this voice telling me to tell this person something and me fighting it and saying, no, focus, focus on the meeting, focus on being here, focus on what you have to do. That stuff is not important until it turned around on me and I realized what really is important in life and what was not important. So I spent, you know, more than half of my life focusing and building something that was not important or should not be important to all of us. Mm. Was there a particular catalyst moment or experience that the light bulb went on for you then and you began to move away from that particular way of embodying yourself and interacting in the corporate sense? and moving towards the path that took you to being the shaman in the city? Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I now that, again, you know, I've had so much time these past couple of years to actually reflect back on my life. And I've been given the opportunity. Every 10 years, I feel spirit presents itself to me and says, here are two roads, you know, choose the road, the path you want to walk. And I've always chosen the corporate path, the, you know, working because one of the values I've been taught by my mom, my parents is hard work. You have to work hard to get, you know, um, financial stability and be secure and uh, build your home and your family. And the other part is always, and then there's been this every 10 years, this other path that has presented itself to me to say, here's the path of wonderment, of imagination. Um, there is no security. We, you know, we can't secure you all these things that you want, um, but, you know, come down this path. And so, obviously, I always followed the, the path of, um, I felt that was most secure. 
until I moved here many, many years ago here uh, to Atlanta. And um, on the weekends, I, I moved for work. And on the weekends, I would find that, you know, I would crave for things to do, just the ordinary things of going out, having dinners and lunches, all of that wore itself thin. And so I wandered, actually wandered into the Phoenix and Dragon bookstore here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. which is one of the oldest metaphysical bookstores. And um, I, I spoke to um, one of the uh, team there, and they showed me their aura photograph. And I looked at the mm-hmm. photograph, and I very easily, you know, picked out, oh, you've got, you know, four guides here. This one's an archangel and this one's an older gentleman and this one's a lady. And he looked at me and he said, how long have you been reading auras? <laughs> and as shocked as he was, I think I was even more shocked that I did that because I'd hidden this part of myself in the closet for so long that it just shocked me that, you know, it just poured out of me like this. And he gave me a little chit and he said, if you ever are interested, we're looking for staff, we're looking for readers, you know, uh, look, for, look for the owner, Candace Apple. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm a foreigner here. I work, you know, I, I work on a visa. I can't work anywhere else except for my company. Um, and so I walked away from that. Well, a couple of weekends later, I wrote in the boredom just increased. The boredom increased to a point that, you know, I was just going into this black hole. I just wanted to hide at home, not do anything, you know. I, I There was something I was looking for that I just could not find. Mm-hmm. And it was my relationships were getting really worse. And everything about me just wanted to go into this deep hole of loneliness. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote into Candace explaining my situation, but wanting the opportunity to explore, um, you know, to, to be in that environment. And so we spoke about it, and she gave me the opportunity to volunteer um, on weekends to be in the store. And the first place that she put me in was the crystal area. behind mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that. That opened up my world, Joelle. That, you know, you say the right time, the right place, the right person. Mm-hmm. And it was that significant moment in my life um, that the whole world opened up. My eyes opened. My everything opened. Oh, I love it. That is, I mean, I'm sure it was very noisy to you in terms of the amount of crystals that they have and the conversations that they were eager to have with you. <laughs> I've been to Phoenix and Dragon. That is a local metaphysical store, as Alka said. It is really a hub that draws people, if you've never encountered tarot cards or astrology or crystals, they have, that's like really the first place that people go to because of their longevity a lot of people know about Phoenix and Dragon. So I'm sure that you probably helped me get a crystal at some point or another back a day, many, many years ago when I would come up there. It's so interesting. So. I really, really hope so. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, after that point, did you um, – 
like, did you do any of the psychic development classes that are popular here in the Atlanta area, or are you basically just moving through a self-knowledge activation process? Uh, well, at that time, now this, and it was a really long time ago, Joelle, so I'm talking about 2004, 2005. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, at that point, I just wanted to learn everything everything mm-hmm. so again with the sheer volume of you know classes that candace used to have mm-hmm. i had the opportunity to meet writers and um obviously as you know part of working there i had the opportunity to be friends with the readers mm-hmm. and um things with them and every one of our customers and clients that i met had something i felt to teach me or to offer me in exchange for then at that point of time, me thinking, oh, this is an exchange. Um, but I was just sucking it all up. So mm-hmm. I took classes. I did a tarot master class with Carl McCollman. Mm-hmm. I did um, numerology classes. I did a couple of um, crystal classes with um, Jonathan and Kay Langley, who Kay has um, the Crystal Intuition Academy now on Facebook. But mm-hmm. Jonathan and they were the first two people, so I call them my gurus, who taught me some kind of a structure around communication with crystals. Mm-hmm. I knew every time a crystal or even a rock or a shell came into my hand, I could feel something, but more importantly, it's that clairsentient you talk about, I would know. I would know where it came from. I would know what it wanted. I would know who it wanted to go to. As a kid, I would often actually pick up rocks and collect them and paint them or color them. And then I'd give them to people. And people would ask me, what is this? Why are you giving me to this? Or why are you giving this to me? And I'd say, it, it wants you or it says you need it or this is for you. Don't ask me. I'd shrug my shoulders and walk away. And everyone would obviously, you know, tell my mom, what an odd little child. She doesn't seem to be very social. She just gave me this rock and she walks away like it's the most normal thing <laughs> in the world. But it's a, this is a really odd thing this child has done. So my parents would get a lot of that, this child. But I wouldn't think that was odd. And so, again, I completely denied all of that in my teenage years. So coming to Phoenix and Dragon opened me up. Um, to that world, brought that child back, that inner child Mm -hmm. back to me. Remember that part of you that was, you know, that would do this. Don't suppress it. Kind of slowly chipping away at those brick walls I built up of myself where I was hiding Mm -hmm. my true self. So that was the catalyst. Phoenix and Dragon, Candice Apple was, you know, Kay and Jonathan Langley, These were my catalysts that opened me up to this world that I, in essence, I have known all my life. Mm. I love that. You know, one of the things that I always say, you know, is your vibe attracts your tribe. And it is so true that when our soul is driving us to uh, be in its fulfillment, 
of what delights it, we will find ourselves serendipitously (laughs) drawn to the places where we will receive that which we are seeking. And so to find that whole community, which is pretty much seen as opposite of corporate America as you could get by some people. Of course, it's not anymore, but at that time, it was like closet spirituality and corporate reality, right? (laughs) The two did not necessarily intersect, and yet to feel the welcome of community is so important for people. It truly, truly is. Um, we can be isolated, as you said, and alone, and you were not vibrating with your, your uh, you know, previous social connections. And then when you walked in that door, it was like, my people, <laughs> there you are. <laughs> right? No, absolutely. And that's, I used to espouse, you know, when people used to ask me, oh, where are you from? Your accent's different. You sound different. And where's home? And I'd respond, I don't know where home is. I don't feel at home anywhere. And although technically I was born in Singapore, brought up in various parts of the world, um, but I don't know where home is. And as you said, you know, that, that need, that want, that desire attracted my tribe, attracted me, brought me home And it didn't matter anymore that home was not a solid place or a country or anything, but that home was with my tribe, with this Mm -hmm. community, um, this place where I could just learn all these, relearn all these wondrous things. Mm. I love it. A little later in the segment, we will get into the communities that you are holding space for. But before we get to that, I, you know, I know that you uh, had talked to me about living in different places around the globe, and I'm just fascinated by travel um, and living and actually being in different uh, cultures because there is such a difference of perspective, and I think it's very important that we move outside of our context of origin in order to understand better the rest of the world. Did you find, like, if if you would pick one of the places that you would that you've lived, the the psychic spiritual like belief system of those cultures was it different from the United States? And if so, how was it different? Um, So, to be honest, y'all, there's so many places that I would um, just go back to. um, But I really, I really, truly feel that that shaman in the city embodies all of the cities that I've been to and all of the cities of the world. I think, though, what resonates with me so much is the belief in of some indigenous cultures that look at everything, you know, and I'm using air quotes here and we say, oh, you know, you look at something normally or you look at it air quotes spiritually and everyone feels it's two separate worlds. For the longest Mm -hmm. time I felt pulled apart that I'm two separate people. There's the human me and then there's the spiritual me and oh when I go to work I have to be the human me but then otherwise I can look at things spiritually Mm. there have been so many people in my travels and cultures that I've met that 
have told me it's one and the same. Mm-hmm. And this clicked, mm, what is it now, 2022, gosh, um, it's four four years ago when I realized that it was one and the same for me, that, you know, ev- everything is that who we are, is embodies that spirit, embodies the you know, nature, uh, the natural world. And no matter what we're doing, whether we're washing our hands or we're cooking or we're walking or we're taking, you know, public transportation, there is an element of that spirit mm-hmm. always a part of And I learned this, you know, in Mexico. I learned this in Bali. I learned this in India. I even learned elements of it in Thailand and Cambodia. Um, And even to that matter, in um, certain parts of the United States here with, you know, the the indigenous cultures here um, that have originated from here. And I've learned that in Australia as well. So from all the way in Australia to all the way, you know, Asia, Europe, here in the United States, there's one thing of the, the old cultures, the, the people who study um, the older way of doing things that in everything we do and say, we imbue and embody that spirit nature. Mm-hmm. That and is that so who we are. Absolutely. I think that the United States is moving towards more integration at a level as we move out of like the Piscean age of structures and institutions. We're reconnecting back with um, some aspects of spiritual practices that were not traditionally mainstreamed here. For instance, uh, you know, one of my guests, Disha, she uh, was talking about the Vedic astrology that when a child is born within three days, they go to the priest and there are specific priestly order that does the astrological chart for that child at that time, just like, say, in the Christian faith, you would be baptized at a certain time, They, but it's integrated, whereas here, the astrology was separated out from the predominant uh, Protestant and Catholic Christian practices, and now it's becoming a little more integrated and mainstreaming where people are like, oh, do you know your birth chart? So, um, and again, the, the, the older cultures, I think, departed less from the integration of astrology and seers and people who were healing and mixing herbs than we were in the United States. Would you say that's a fair statement? I I think that's fair, Joelle. I think that along the way, um, the pursuit of all those things that I mentioned earlier on became more important than knowing, you know, your birth chart, where you were, or plucking the herbs. Let me go to the supermarket and buy, you know, a mixed packet as opposed to the the entire process of growing your herbs, picking your herbs, washing them, pounding them in the mortar and pestle yourself, you know, uh, putting it in the food, getting that fragrance out. 
that is a process that is a little lengthier than, okay, let me get in the car, go to the supermarket, let me, you know, buy that, that, that um, pre-mixed packet and go home and heat it in the micro because it's convenient. So, mm-hmm. and, and that's just an arbitrary example, but over the years, that that's where we've gone to. We've, we've, and the, the culture here too has, it's about convenience. It's about getting the more important things in life, which is survival. What's my survival? Working is my mm-hmm. survival. Money is my survival. So therefore, that is more important than doing all those other things that take so much time. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we're evolving. I know that being in Atlanta, as long as you have, you've seen the evolution just in our community here from Phoenix and Dragon being pretty much the granddaddy store, grandmother's store, and now the proliferation of things. And I think I saw in Cosmo a magazine a thing about how to do a full moon ritual. And I was like, wow, okay, oh, we've come not- a long way from <laughs> we've come a long way from ten tips to keep a boyfriend to, you know, doing your moon ritual in the pages of the glossy magazines now. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's it's a whole no, new yeah. Era, you know, and that's what the younger teenage, I was a teenager reading Cosmo, so, you know, you're wanting to connect with the younger generations. They're already wired in a way that is receiving this naturally um, in a way that we weren't, you know, so uh, that is exciting as well. Um, Do you find that you encounter a lot of younger people contacting you for services? Oh, absolutely. Um, In fact, that's a lot of my focus. Um, Young adults, uh, teenagers, um, uh, people in their early to mid-20s, a lot of them are, right now, especially after these past two years, a lot of them are in existential crisis. Um, Mm. There's a lot of depression out there. There is a lot of there's something I need to do. I don't know what it is. Help me. Help me find my purpose. And yes, absolutely. Uh, from an age perspective, it's getting younger and younger. But then again, you delve into the true nature of who they are, their old souls that just need to find their way in this life and get to their purpose. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are um, they're, they're writers out there who are in their late 20s and early 30s writing about, you know, um, self-help books and uh, spirituality. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic that this, the society and uh, is just opening up and, uh, you know, uh, swallowing all of this so willingly. Publishers are publishing the books and people are selling uh, 1 million, 2 million, 3 million copies. Mm-hmm. It's so heartening to see. It's so wonderful to see. It really, really is. I mean, I see uh, kids in their teens who are like, let me pull up Astro something or other. I can't even remember the name of the app, but they're like, oh, I know my sun and my moon and my rising. I'm like, wow, go ahead, little people, young people. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely a different energy and conversation. And I think that shows that we are certainly in the quickening 
or ascension because it's a rap more happening more rapid because they don't have the harsh templates that we had to process through. You know, spiritual entrepreneurs are a huge growth uh, segment of the, the business world. You know, they're not necessarily going into corporate America. They're doing that self-publishing and motivational speaking and TikTok earning and social media earning, mm-hmm. spreading their spiritual vibes and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's extremely, extremely cool. Um, and if if I may say so, it does get me a little jealous sometimes. Go, why didn't I start earlier? <laughs> better late than never right so right well and we did a lot of clearing of it we're doing and are have done a lot of clearing uh the in-betweeners you know the gen xers we're clearing the old energies of heaviness you know from like as you said your mother suppressing parts of her natural abilities um and then you doing that and then moving beyond that is part of what has cleared the energy grid for these young people to be so free and i know you're you're a grid keeper and i know that because when you talk about everywhere that you've been i think so out of the chakra centers on the planet did we i know we talked about it a little bit did you figure out how many of the chakras you've actually been to i've been to actually all of the chakras so all the energy uh, yeah and so um i had that little bit of a researcher in me as well not quite as professional as you joelle but just that tiny little bit. And when I started mapping that out, um, the image that I sent you, that bird of peace, so much started coming back to me. So just for everyone who's listening in, um, I one day decided to map out all of the centers, uh, energy centers, high vibrational, uh, spiritual vortex uh, places that I've been to globally. And I was told to map it out in a timeline of when I had been there, not a timeline of when it was discovered. And when I did that, not only did I discover that I actually created a map of Lemuria, ancient Lemuria, but the map created um, the symbol of the bird of peace. Mm -hmm. And that ever since I sent you that image, Joelle, feathers, birds have been coming from me everywhere and just that thought or image of freedom independence flight um and the ele- the wind elements taking us places traveling places um there's been so much wisdom that has come to me since then that you know um i sit with gratitude every day and say thank you thank you for that moment that made me sit to do that to then be able to access all of this other information. Oh, yes. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, my gosh, look at that, the dove. And, you know, the bird tribe is something that is a a concept that I am intimately familiar with. And so I was like, of course it's a dove. Of course it is, you know. So, um, like, we're talking about, uh, if you're not familiar, that, you know, the earth is a living and sentient being. And so just as we have energetic centers and our physical structure, so does she. And so um, our paths 
almost crossed. We both went to Shasta in 2021, Mount Shasta, which is the root chakra of the planet. And Glastonbury is on my wish list. You've been to the Glastonbury mm-hmm. tour, which is what the heart chakra of the planet. Mm-hmm. And uh, where, what uh, you went to, was it Uluru? I never know how to pronounce it in Australia. That's right. Ayers Rock in Australia. Ayers Rock, yes. And that, which chakra is that? Uh, Uluru's the um, sacral, if I'm not wrong. Okay. But and where... Up. I know. I'm like, okay, where are they? So also, uh, you've been to like Peru, right? To Machu Picchu. Yeah, Machu Picchu. Yeah. And uh, Chichen Itza in Mexico. Yes. And I mean, those are not necessarily chakras, but they're certainly energetic grid points of great, strong power. I know you've been to Sedona. And yes. also in Hawaii, in the Lemurian Triangle out there, Shasta, Sedona, Hawaii. Um, I lived in Hawaii six months in my uh, late teens. So, sorry, Uluru is the solar plexus chakra. The sacral okay. chakra is Lake Chaka in Peru. And have you been there? I've been to Peru. I've been close to Lake Titicaca, but not there specifically. Specifically, I've been to a couple okay. of other places that really resonate very strongly. Yes, it's so amazing. Like when we're called to these places, we think that it's maybe random, but there really is a piece of our energetic selves that drops into place when we physically connect with that point. And many of us, unbeknownst to ourselves for a period of time, are going and actually doing work on these grid lines by our presence in activating and clearing through our vessel. So that's why I said you're a grid keeper because, I mean, your path has been spreading peace and love first of yourself and acceptance of yourself through picking up those pieces, but then also for others who traverse those points on our planet. And I think that's just so awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joelle, for, you know, that wisdom, because I always felt there was something that I was keeping. And as I took a look, so I, when I went to these places, obviously, I never knew what they were, but I wanted, you know, with as you mentioned, the earth um, being alive, um, Mother Earth telling me what uh, what she is, what aspect, what energy center each location was. And again, I was um, prompted in Shasta to document all of those energy centers and all of those locations. So really it was in Shasta where mm-hmm. I discovered that purpose of mine um, because all of the locations I'd been to, the me- memories just came, spoke out to me. And, I mean, even a place like Mount Fuji in Japan is a massive mm. energy center. And I've been drawn to Japan, and I've been to Japan several times sitting at uh, the base of um, Fuji-san and meditating, you know, and being in that, in that environment. Um, and so it's not just these seven places or these seven energy centers, but it is various locations in the world that carry that energy. And so specifically, I was taught that there are 16 of these energy centers. 
And that that is the information we need to bring out to the world, that we've been focusing on seven. We all mm-hmm. know that there are chakras in the body, but it's time now to bring knowledge of the 12 mm-hmm. chakras. And there are a lot of people who've been talking about the 12 chakras lately, the 14 mm-hmm. and then the 16. Mm-hmm. It is that, activating, that, yes. As the planet is bringing it out, it's coming out in our vessel as well to be made aware. Exactly, exactly. And um, and we we have to we have to be aware. We have to uh, raise the vibration of these locations in whatever way that we can, whether it's by way of you know actually going there, visiting, um, uh, feeling feeling the energy and getting the information. And that's the other thing that's been happening. So um, I did Shasta last year and this year I went to Sedona two weeks mm-hmm. ago and there was, again, so much information. And so she's ready. She's ready to share that, in- that ancient knowledge with all of us mm-hmm. so that those of us who are meant to share it, meant to write about it, meant to talk about it, um, start doing that. Start spreading mm-hmm. that information knowledge. Um, we're going back to ancient ways, and the ancient ways is there is about knowing who we are, knowing, you know, um, who the people around us are, knowing what's important, connecting, and spreading that light because there is enough dark in this world for light to be shining brighter mm-hmm. than it is. Yes, it is. I mean, and we're turning them on as fast as we can, right? And if it weren't so dark, we wouldn't need all this illumination. So uh, we don't need to get discouraged by what we see in terms of dark because this is go time shine, right? (laughs) We can flick our switch truly at this particular moment and know that we are doing what we were uh, embodied to do is letting that inner Self, that true self, that is fully accepting of the aspects of ourself, beam forward. And we can only do that when we come to peace with who we are, right? So your journey of doing that and shedding the protective layers and incorporating your true self is the epitome of that journey. And yeah, I mean, again, it's it's free will. So none of us are here to, you know, force anyone into that awakening, right, into mm-hmm. that path of ascension. But if that's what we chose, then, you, as you said, it's go time. It's now. It's it's all of us just getting to work on our path. And I find a lot of people who come to see me as well, um, and that's one of the things out of everything that I love to do on this path, one of the things I absolutely love is, um, helping people find their path. Um, I always say I'm, I'm the healer, healers, the seer of the seers, um, that everyone I meet has a path and I can see it so clearly and helping people um, along that and telling them and seeing it and showing it to them is so fulfilling, more fulfilling than anything I've ever experienced in my entire life. Oh, my gosh. And let me give a personal testimony to your 
your ability to activate and heal. Um, I was at your home for a crystal holiday gathering and private shopping event. It was really a fellowship, but you had all these amazing crystals that I had never heard of, like 75% of them before. And uh, you and your partner, Mark, were just sharing with everybody and you had a big grandfather celestials in the center of the room and then as i'm sitting there you came and you plopped a malachite egg in my hand and i was admiring it and i forgot what malachite's job is so i was holding it for like 30 minutes walking around with it and then i think the next day all of a sudden, I was in the midst of like a healing crisis, like a physical healing crisis. I think I wound mm-hmm. up like getting like physically ill, runny nose, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it was like, oh, I think I called you like, oh, crap, you got me. No, but I needed that. And it was like you dropped it in my hand like a little pre-prescription, if you will, and it brought up malachite is a healer stone. It brought it right on out. And it was like, I knew, I was like, there goes the shaman again. <laughs> the shaman helped me bring out something that was deep inside of me and brought it out for me to be made aware of in partnership with the crystal whose job is to also do that. So I know you work as the crystal matchmaker. Would you share a little bit about that? Because I know you also do crystal education as part of that as well. Yeah. And honestly, Joelle, thank you. Thank you for giving that opportunity and being open to that. Um, That's what the shaman in the city is all about. That's why the shaman in the city was born. Uh, You know, you don't have to go... Um, Yes, if you have the time and you have the ability to go into the jungles and the forests to learn, to connect with nature, by all means, you know, that's what needs to be done. But it's that connection earlier that I was mentioning of the seeing spirit in everything, in everything you do in driving your car. Um, I always uh, tease all my friends, you know, oh, um, here's here, I'm, uh, we go for dinner and I'm carrying this lovely Prada handbag and what do you have in there? I have a rattle, I have a feather, I have 50 <laughs> different crystals, <laughs> um, uh, a candle, an incense. So here's my, all my implements uh, being a shaman and, you know, being a healer <laughs> and um, living in the city at the same time. And so that's the embodiment. And from there came... Um, in looking at, you know, what tools I could help um, people with and so naturally gravitating towards crystals, which has always been a part of me, um, realizing and recognizing the abilities, honoring my teachers, honoring the crystals who are my teachers, Grandfather Elestial, who sits in my living room, is one, you know, a tremendous, tremendous uh, teacher for me, but each and every crystal that crosses my path is a teacher for me and screaming out at me to teach, to teach. And so serendipity or, you know, as you say, how we attract our tribe. Um, at that time, I was um, doing a shaman course under Don Simmons, mm-hmm. who's another one of my teachers and mentor. And um, one of the mentors in the classes, too, Douglas Hilton, they pulled me out and said, okay, uh, we're having, uh, I want to teach about crystals, Alka. And Don said, I want you to um, run that class. And I Mm. said, there's no way. 
going to stand in front of 30 people and teach about crystals, you know. Um, the crystals teach me. What do I have to teach about them? Mm-hmm. Um, well, they do it. And all I needed to do was hold every crystal in my hand. And the crystal honored me with the information. So in shamanism, we talk about being the hollow bone, being that channel through which spirit can teach, spirit can talk, spirit can guide, spirit can, you know, use to communicate. And so that's what I became. I became that hollow bone so that um, the crystals could teach me their wisdom and I could impart that knowledge. And it came so naturally to me. So that started then Shaman in the City's crystal classes. So I did a 10-course 101 crystal foundation course through Phoenix and Dragon teaching um, the basics, starting with um, how you take care of your crystals and ending with how you communicate to your with your crystals yourself. Every crystal has a story, yes. Every crystal has its what I call generic qualities, um, like the malachite. Malachite is a supreme attraction stone, and it attracts and it attracts energy, it attracts people, it attracts everything, right? Um, So it's the stone you would use if you had an injury to pull the pain out because it attracts that energetic pain Mm -hmm. out. It's the stone that attracts prosperity. It's the stone that attracts a a like for like, a lover, you know? So that's generic quality of malachite. But when you hold a specific malachite in your hand, there is a connection process to that malachite to then connect to that stone to understand that stone's stories, where it comes from, what it's meant to do, why it's entered your life, and what it's meant to do in your life. And that was the information and knowledge I want to pass on to the whole world. And so part of that is what you know, that little girl that constantly colored rocks and just randomly gave it out to people, Um, finding that little girl again, that passion in me grew. I want to give people rocks, you know. (laughs) One part of it, I want to be a multimillionaire so I could just give rocks away freely to everyone. Um, The rock fairy. The rock fairy. I love that. And the other part of it was um, when Mark entered my life two years ago, he's a professional in the retail industry. He's been in retail most of his life. And so um, he, the crystal world was new to him. He didn't know anything about it. He knew the existence of crystals, but he did not know it the way we, we know it. And so he walked into my house the first time, and I obviously have crystals everywhere, picked up a Labradorite. And Mm. I asked him, you know, what do you think of this? And he starts spewing this information about it feels like, you know, there's someone in here that wants to help, and um, there's this power around it. It looks um, magical. It's like an alchemist stone. And Mm. this man just... Oh, the properties that, you know, Labradorite has, the properties of magic that I call mm-hmm. Labradorite assistant, that it is the stone that if you want to do anything, that's the stone you have by your side because it's there to assist you. And so as the relationship grew, 
the connection through crystals grew as well. Um, you were there last year, and you know when someone asked a question about a crystal, I asked him to answer, and it, he was mm-hmm. viewing not crystals like he's known it his whole life. Yeah, and <laughs> and yeah, and so um, he, Mark had to um, he had a brick and mortar store which he had to shut last year because of everything that's going on, unfortunately. So we spoke about it a lot, and I told him what my dream was, and he wanted to be part of that dream. So there, you know, um, we started the Crystal Matchmakers. Mm-hmm. And that's on Etsy. You all can look for the Crystal Matchmakers Etsy store and on Facebook, the Crystal Matchmakers. I will include links to those sites in all of the descriptions where I can, you know, some services you can't necessarily link in, but it'll definitely be in the YouTube notes and Facebook notes for this particular episode. Now, I will fight you over your cart if you put a crystal in there that I've got my eye on, okay? (laughs) So, uh, I mean, you have to, the crystals that you get truly are from uh, unusual places. They're not necessarily your run-of-the-mill rose quartz. I mean, we love rose quartz, but you had some that I don't even remember the names of um, offhand, but one of the beautiful things is through our connection is that we are going to have additional conversations coming up and we are going to schedule an exotic crystal conversation where you can kind of unpack some of the things that we saw in your living room and on your kitchen counter because it was alternative to the ones that I am typically familiar with. And so, you know, stay tuned, uh, listeners, because we will be having additional informing conversations about crystals in the coming very near future. We're not going to let this go too long. So, um In terms of, okay, so your crystal classes, your crystal matchmaking, your shamanic crystal healing, um, other services that you provide for your clients? Um, uh, So we do, obviously, personal crystal shopping. So if someone's looking for crystal combinations, my, my big speciality is crystal combinations and teaching about crystal combinations, creating crystal combinations based on uh, what people need. So I do that for a lot of my clients. They come to me and say, I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by the sheer volume of crystals. I don't mm-hmm. know which crystals I need, but this is what's going on with me and this is what I need it for. And so I create specialized crystal combinations. I make bracelets and necklaces as well if people prefer to wear them. And um, in addition to that, I also uh, do coaching and mentoring, um, as we mentioned earlier on, to a lot of younger um, people who are, you know, just encountering their abilities and don't know what to do with that or know that they're meant for something different, something greater, but really don't know where they have to get to. Um, We use crystals in a lot of that work to bring out um, abilities to help um, focus, um, to help uh, people meditate, to uh, bring back lost parts of themselves that, you know, um, they, um, that are suffering through trauma. 
one thing that one part of shamanism or shamanic practice that I combine with crystals is um, soul retrievals. Soul mm-hmm. retrieval. Um, we a lot of us who've been through a lot of trauma, a lot of wounds in childhood, um, even if past life wounds. We tend to leave a part of our soul in that time and space. Mm-hmm. So shamanic um, soul retrieval, um, what we actually do is together with you go back to that time and place and nurture that part of that soul and bring that part of that soul to you. It's almost like uh, shamanic Mm -hmm. surgery, very, Mm -hmm. very delicate. And I use crystals for that because crystals, um, let's talk about rose quartz, right? One of the predominant nurturing crystals brings envelops the soul in um that essence of love and care telling that part of the soul it's okay to come back to your true nature it's okay to come back and i use crystals like pyrite pyrite Mm -hmm. is i know we use pyrite for prosperity i use pyrite because pyrite brings back lost things not only does it bring back things that you have lost, but brings back parts of yourself that have been lost in the past. So it's a very, very undervalued crystal from that perspective or, you know, a metal from that perspective because um, people only use it for its um, shimmery and uh, generic quality of prosperity and um, bringing healing to, to those pieces, right? But not the fact of, that bringing that soul essence back to you. And then I use amethyst a lot because amethyst mm-hmm. is that protection crystal. So when we do find that lost piece of the soul, I usually put it in an amethyst and give that amethyst to my client or the seeker um, so that they always remember that this is the, this is the uh, crystal, this is that, that protective uh, blanket around you. Um, so you don't have to be scared anymore. So mm. almost like that surgery, those tools that a doctor uses in surgery, crystals mm-hmm. are my tools I use <laughs> for retrieval. Yes. Oh, you do. With surgical precision. <laughs> <laughs> and I've experienced soul retrieval as well with other shamans, and I didn't really realize it. But I'd had a book on soul retrieval for like 10 years that I never read, and I dusted it off after that, that experience because I was uh, – uh, uh, it was at Synchronicity over up in Roswell and uh, mm-hmm. Paula Gore, the singing shaman. I don't know if you ever met Paula, but she uh, went into a lifetime when I had been in an aquatic or mermaid form. And mm-hmm. I had a wound in my current body where on my side and she read that in my field, went in and retrieve that trauma from that lifetime of, as she said, I was gutted like a fish. And it made so much sense. And as Mm -hmm. she was doing her shamanic work, I could feel things like somebody pulling barbs out of my body. And that was even before she said it was hooks. You know what I'm saying? I could just literally feel the release. And I had no idea that I had been blocking parts of myself due to this past lifetime experience. But 
Spirit will lead you to the medicine you need in the right moment when you have the capacity to bear it. <laughs> you know, a lot of times people are fearful of healing and of digging too deeply into the traumas because they think it's going to re-traumatize them when really the re-traumatization is actively happening as we are suppressing Self and that shamanic soul retrieval is kind of like lancing the boil so that the infection can come out rather than poisoning our, our system as well. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, very well said, Joelle. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I'm good. we're getting ready to open up the phone lines for people to ask for questions, but um, in terms of contacting, what's the best way for people to connect with you for personal services or, like, I know I want to have a crystal party and you're going to be the the uh, the person who comes, uh, you know, I've got a ton of crystals. I don't even remember what they are now and I want to have an opportunity for my tribe to connect with you for a workshop and I know you're available for those kinds of things in addition to your classes and your personal readings and services. What's the best way we can stay connected with you? So the best way to stay connected with me is really through email at shamanindecity.com, uh, at gmail.com. And, um, yeah, because um, right now I still, again, full disclosure, I still hold a corporate job, um, so this is really um, my true passion is my side hustle for now, if you may, <laughs> um, or, you know, it, it happens uh, when the time is right. So email right now is the best place. I check my emails daily, um, and we can communicate via that. Okay, and the email address is? Um, S-H-A-M-A-N for Norway, N again. T-H-E-C-I-T-Y, so it's shaman in, as an N, the city, at gmail.com. Thank you for that, because I think I sent a misdirected email to the shaman in with the I-N until I got it corrected. So um, definitely I can speak to the experience with you and for those of you listening, tomorrow evening on the Vibrary YouTube channel, I'm so excited. We are going to come back and have a live video conversation about the year of the tiger, the uh, lunar new year, the Chinese new year as we call it, um, which is huge outside of the United States. It's like all over, you know, um, Asia, Japan, it's very celebrated, right? And so that is coming up on February 1st. And Alka, you are going to share with us in our conversation exactly what this means, because I have no idea, you know, about the Chinese Zodiac. I just know it's a, big, uh, it's a big deal. So I'm so excited because I get to nerd out some more with you about things that I love to talk about, which are metaphysical and practical as well. And so, Rauka, I'm so excited about tomorrow. <laughs> me too. And again, Joelle, thank you for, you know, giving me the opportunity to have these conversations and especially to nerd out together with you. I mean, if all of you haven't noticed two, you know, little girl nerds, <laughs> well, we can talk about all of this all day and all night. 
Yes, we're having a psychic tea party. <laughs> I love it. With our imaginary and real friends, okay? Outside of the little garden. <laughs> so we've got people who've been holding on the line, listening to the show, streaming through the interface. If you're on one of the phone lines, just press the pound key, and that lets me know that you have a question. We've got a couple questions lined up. Now, during the reading part, I want you to understand that this is a public space and the reading is occurring with other people listening. So um, if it were to be too personal or too private in terms of what the conversation that comes out from spirit, you know, please go ahead and, you know, we can curtail it and you can contact Alka for a private reading. Um, and, of course, this is not a super in-depth thing. We're going to hit your questions and spend a little time and see what guidance Alka wants to share. I will sh- uh, tell you, Alka, that one of the people who is in the queue, the number came up as 111-1111-1111. It popped up about 40 minutes ago. <laughs> So we've got a call from Spirit here somewhere. So I'm like super excited to see who that is because it's like, hello, message. Oh yeah, Spirit, thank you for joining us. (laughs) So, is there anything that you wish the listeners to know about the readings or how you will approach it? Because I will be stepping back after we bring each caller on, and you will be in the driver's seat. Do you have any guidelines or uh, things that you wish to share before we move into that? I, again, um, Joelle, with the way I do readings, I make myself the hollow bone and go with the flow. So um, whatever question my only guideline is, um, try not to ask a yes and no question, um, more of an open-ended question, because in that way um, you'll get guidance that's, you know, really more robust than just asking a yes and no question. And just again, for everyone's um, information, I have a whole bunch of crystals here in front of me. And what I do is um, when someone asks a question, I connect with that question, close my eyes, take a deep breath, pick out a couple of crystals. Uh, Sometimes I also have a couple of card decks here, sometimes a couple of card decks. Um, Or sometimes I get very clear information um, and I don't have to touch the crystals or the card decks, but we'll see, we'll go with the flow and see how we're guided. All right. All right. Excellent. All right. So I think we've got two callers for sure. Well, one for certain at this point, and then a second one, I'm not sure if they want to ask a question. So if you're listening, don't be surprised if I put you on the air real quick, and then we can take you back off if you were just wanting to be here for the conversational part. So, all right. So our first caller, caller ending in 2089, you're on the Psychic Inside show with the Shaman in the City. Greetings. I am totally nerding out with you and Joelle. Okay. This has been a pleasure listening to you. My name is Stacy. I, I don't have any questions, but I do resonate with your crystal story. When I was little, I would always dream about crystals that I was losing, 
And oddly enough, it wasn't until I got to Phoenix and Dragon where I felt like I discovered all of the crystals that I had been dreaming about as a little girl that I either had lost or needed to protect or whatever. So that was <laughs> when you said that and Dragon was the space where you, you came to some awareness about your shamanism. That was a pretty cool story. Um, I'm a total crystal nerd, so I'm super excited about this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. Oh, and what what resonance, Stacy, as well with regards to again, nothing's a coincidence. So you're on this call, you're here with us with similar stories of exploration of crystals. Um, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you, thank you very much. Um, again, I don't have any questions, but if you have, if, if you, what, what, I'm here to listen to what you have to say. Um, well, it's funny that, um, Stacey, the minute um, Joelle mentioned your number, I picked up a stone here. Um, it's, a fe- it's called a phoenix stone. Um, there's a bit of contention about this stone. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, it contains, um, obviously, um, parts of quartz crystals, chrysocolla, malachite, Sometimes it has cuprite, azurite, and some people say it's got ahoite. Now, ahoite's a very, very rare crystal um, or very, very rare mineral that grows um, in uh, clear quartz. Very, very hard to find, mostly um, from only certain parts of the world. But I've been playing with this phoenix stone um, when you were talking to me, and I feel, you know, um, the message for you is about um, trusting your uniqueness and being okay with being unique and not being scared about uh, scared of it um, and actually um, the word display comes up and I think what the word display means uh, is literally shout out your uniqueness it's okay to be unique it's okay to be different and shout it out to the world um, that 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 just screaming in my head right now. I don't know if that resonates with you at all. <laughs> it does. I, I'm teary-eyed. That was beautiful. Um, wow. I've never heard of the Phoenix Stone before. But. Yeah, I mean, look it up. Um, it's it's really, it's very, very pretty. Um, I, I'm just staring at it here, but really in its uniqueness. And that's kind of the message that um, it wants to give you. Thank you. It's kind of saying rah-rah, Stacey. It's cheering you on. Oh. (laughs) All right. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, I love it. I'm smiling from ear to ear with excitement for you. You know, know, it's like I could almost (laughs) feel the energy of the crystal communicating to you as well. And what a beautiful message. What a beautiful message. Do you have any classes coming up? Um, I am planning. That's a great question, Stacey. Thank you. I am planning this year's classes because um, I've had the um, foundational classes, the one-on-one classes, uh, over two years. So I'm writing the advanced classes now, um, and I will post it up on my Instagram page and uh, send out um, emails to my distribution list. Um, you can follow me on Shaman in not i n but in the city and i usually post my classes there and i'm they're probably going to start in the summer okay can you spell that again you m a n n t h e 
C-I-T-Y. Okay, got it. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, this is so much fun. My <laughs> inner child is smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> well, Stacy, thank you so much for calling in and for adding your energy to this conversation this evening. And uh, thank you for I such great content. I appreciate your support. <laughs> so uh, um, we're going to check in with our next caller here. Let's see. All right. And so Alka, I'm just so like vibrating. I, <laughs> ever since we talked about the grandfather celestial, it was like I felt uh, uh, energy open up inside my higher heart chakra. <laughs> And the connection was like refreshed and has me vibrating. And I thought to myself, your neighbors have no idea what they're sitting <laughs> next to. But then I'm like, oh, but their souls do. <laughs> oh, their souls definitely do. Their souls definitely do. Um, and it's a big, powerful uh, stone, too. He's he's a grandfather energy as well. Like, so, Elestial, like, can you explain a little bit about some of the generic properties? Sure. So, Elestials um, are found uh, near bodies of water. Um, they've had um, centuries of um, growth um, in uh, extreme conditions. And so Elestial carries the energy uh, of water. Um, smoky Elestial obviously um, has the qualities of quartz and smoky quartz. But in addition to that, smoky Elestial carries with it the wisdom of all of those centuries, millions of years of information um, that it contains within. Um, and it uh, connects you to past lives. It um, connects you to a deeper sense of when you are, when I do go and journey, I always journey with or around um, my my grandfather, Elestio. But like Joelle says, it's such a big honking piece of crystal uh, right in the middle of my living room that even if I sit upstairs in my bedroom, I can feel his energy emanating. And he's, he's a, he's really unique because, and I'll talk about him specifically He's really unique because he has this social aspect of him. Um, he was locked up in a warehouse for many, many years um, without, you know, um, just in a corner of a warehouse um, of the wholesaler that I bought him from. Uh, and the wholesaler, you know, he said, I hadn't thought about the celestial. I knew it was in the corner of the warehouse, but something uh, told me to bring it to this um, show. I, I got him at the uh, the Franklin Gem show. Um, and I just looked at grandfather and I said, he's mine. Um, thank goodness Mark's really used to carrying weight. So he helped <laughs> me carry the 30-pounder, which I would have never been able to carry on my own. <laughs> Um, yeah, and put in the car. So um, thank thank goodness for my for my um, muscle there. But um, grandfather's wisdom is has been beyond any any crystal I've met. He he wants to build. He wants that you know um, spirit of one to bring that information to everyone that we are part of one whole. 
And if you hurt your neighbor, you're hurting yourself. If you hurt, you know, a stranger, you're hurting yourself. And to bring that information, to bring that knowledge to everyone that Mm -hmm. only us as humans, as spiritual beings, can we support and help each other and pass on that light. Um, I liken it to, you know, um, if you're Harry Potter fans and when Dumbledore passed and, you know, one person put their, uh, their wand up and lit it and said Loomis and everyone followed and that light just went out in, into the entire world. And that's exactly what each one of us are, right? That beacon. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more of us that shine, the brighter this world gets. And that's what grandfather constantly reminds me of every day. And the fact that he's made me uh, so much more compassionate, such a, Mm -hmm. you know, aware of compassion, of oneness, of kindness um, in this Mm -hmm. world. That must be why I heard neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So won't you be my neighbor? Like, well, everybody, we're all neighbors, no matter how distant yeah. we are, because we're on this one planet community. And that energy of that that is coming out from there, you know, that's the thing that we have to realize is that um, scientifically and spiritually, we are connected, and so your frequency where you are holding space up in North Atlanta is key, and you're established there with that grandfather for a reason, and you're broadcasting, you know, far and wide, not just in that subdivision area. It's reaching. I felt it all the way down on the south side of the city when I began to talk about it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm Sending more vibe, grandfather vibes out there now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got another caller here. I'm not sure if they wanted to come on the air, so let's pause and check in here. I think it's an online streamer. Hello, you are on the Psychic Inside Show. Did you have a question this evening? All right, I think it is just someone listening, so we'll switch them back over here. Uh, if you do wish to come on later, just press the pound one key. So uh, we don't have any more questions from the caller queue. I do have a question um, that I posted to the Crystal Matchmakers, but it was a very old post. So you had a, I think it was, it was a heart-shaped mm-hmm. serpentine quartz with an ammonite shell emerging from it. Does that sound like oh, a familiar family member? Yes, I do remember that very well. Has it traveled on to a new home? Oh, absolutely has. It's traveled on to someone we know really well. Oh, I bet I know who. <laughs> Is it with Glenda? Yes, it's with Miss Glenda. <laughs> oh, okay. Glenda Emery, she's also been a guest on the Psychic and Sideshow. She is a local here in Atlanta, part of the Psychic Friends Network, as I like to call it, and another highly activated person who is shining her light. So, of course, I'm not surprised. I think we were all little kids playing together at some point oh. and because oh, she... <laughs> She scooped me on that. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, we met because of her, to be honest. So she's one of the great connector beings who connects all of us or connects, you know, different people together so that we can uh, bring our light and shine brighter. But yes, Miss Glenda stole that away from everyone. Um, I think (laughs) I hadn't posted two minutes and she said, mine, mine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I will definitely just have to catch the vibration of it through her. And that's the other thing is that like, if a crystal really does speak to you, if you can't, like a lot of people get overwhelmed when they step into Phoenix and Dragon, because you got this rainbow wall of at least I don't know how many types of crystals you may know more, you know, in terms of the sheer quantity of different variations of small stones. It's a great way to get introduced to crystal energy without a huge economic output that some crystals require. But, uh, you know, if something catches your eye, there's a reason for it, you know. So, like, really... Um, tap into your feeling of of the saying hello. It's saying it's winking at you and sparkling at you because it's saying hello. And then later, the reason why will be unfolded for you as you begin to have that relationship with the crystal. Was that is that a fair uh, statement there? Absolutely. Um, I always tell people when they say we get so overwhelmed by you know the volume or the types of crystals and this was before uh, mark and i started the crystal matchmakers uh, when i was still teaching at phoenix and dragon so i tell tell them go outside stand in front of that big wall of i think there are about 300 different types of crystals Mm -hmm. close your eyes take a couple of deep breaths and open your eyes and then look from left to right And whatever color shines the brightest, don't try to, you know, have some logical response to that. Whatever color or crystal or little glass bottle shines the brightest, that is probably what you need for that time in your life. Um, And if I may, Joelle, um, I have, you know, I I have stories because this crystal... I also call myself a crystal storyteller, but I have mm-hmm. stories about every crystal or every instance. Um, a lot of people ask me, why did my crystal break? I just got it and it broke. Oh, yeah. You know, what is the significance of this? Um, there's been a type of crystal, chrysocolla, beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful crystal. Um, every time I get a chrysocolla, within a week, I have given it away to someone. Um, mm-hmm. I felt someone needed it so I cannot it's one of those things that I say I cannot hold chrysocolla to me at all because I always end up giving it to people a lot mm-hmm. of the reason I give it to people and I re- I've been recommending it a lot for people with lung problems or breathing mm-hmm. problems or even now during COVID right those mm-hmm. long haulers who have breathing difficulties um, that chrysocolla is for the lungs is for breath is for breath of life and so I finally stubbornly decided I'm going to, this chrysocolla I have, and it's so pretty, like they all are, I'm going to keep it. And I'm not going to give this one away. This one's mine. This one's mine. And mm-hmm. so I've been carrying it over the week, 
important because I've, I had a little bit of health. Um, I wasn't feeling too well, so I was carrying it, made me feel better, you know, gave me that brain fog, went away, feeling clearer. Today, I was preparing to start work and thinking about having it in my hand. It was in the pocket of the sweater I was trying to wear, and it fell on the floor, and it crushed. Mm. It And Mm. I picked up the pieces. And looking at it and trying to not, you know, admonish myself by saying, see, Alka, you can't hold Chrysocola. You should have given it away. You should have given it away. And then thinking about, no, what is this all about? So it took me two seconds to close my eyes with those crushed pieces in my hand to say, what are you trying to teach me? Mm. And immediately it was breathe breathe you stopped breathing you stopped breathing Mm. we had to to breathe and the only way we could have reminded you was by crashing in this way because that is the only time you then sighed and took a breath Mm. Mm. and so those of you listening in i think that message today and a lot of today has been about breathing about that breath that hold, not holding our breath because we forget to breathe. Mm-hmm. Note how many times in the day you stop breathing. You actually legitimately stop breathing because you're panicking or you're having anxiety or you're thinking about something and that's making you worried and you stop breathing. The message mm-hmm. for critical don't forget to breathe. That is the only way. Um, practically, logically, it's providing oxygen to your brains, you know, so that you can get something. But um, also breathe for yourself. Breathe so that you know that your energy can flow. Mm-hmm. And that's the only just, way you can operate. You just gave me another reading, out because <laughs> I messaged you, uh, you know, a week or so ago, and in the conversation, I said I'm having my asthma is flared up, um, and I know it's I'm very proximate to the airport, and with the air quality, all those fumes are staying in my environment. I went and changed my air filter, and I didn't have any of that crystal, and you recommended another crystal. But I believe I need a big jumbo, (laughs) so I'm going to put that on my shopping list with you because I'm still flared up from my asthma. I've got my inhaler sitting here next to me, and so I'm very aware of my breath that it is not as optimal as it normally is, and I'd much rather crystal medicate than pharmaceutically Medicaid, although I am certainly willing to take a puff of my inhaler if need be. But um, I think that's coming up again as a, an extra nudge for me to say, go on and get that. <laughs> You're looking at the serpentine, but we're going to need you to get the Chrysocola first. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep one aside for you for, for sure, Joelle. We're, um, getting in, we've got, um, we met a supplier, and it, I, again, another thing about this whole business has, I've met 
such wonderful people and I get so excited nerding out about talking about where did you dig this from? What mine? And, you know, how do you do it? And can you teach me? And it's been so great meeting people who actually mine their own crystals and process their own, um, polish their own crystals. I met this lovely lady from um, New York and she has a spot she pays for up in Herkimer where she goes and digs for mm-hmm. Herkimer diamonds by hand herself. And it is just so amazing to meet people like that and have these conversations and be able to take their crystals, talk to their crystals, um, because, you know, I'm allowed to hand select each piece. So each piece that Mark and I have is hand selected um, and spoken to and listened to. Um, I, I joke with Mark that they have to sit with every crystal we get because I have to hear its story. And until I don't hear its story, it's not going to sell, it's not going to go. And that's where the book is coming from as well, Crystal Stories, um, mm. talking about one of their crystal and the story that they want to impart. Of course, Grandfather Alessio is going to have an entire chapter all to Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not stop talking um but i feel again so much gratitude so much gratitude that this ability um that the crystals you know have honored me with this ability and this opportunity and this chance so much gratitude i'm just and i'm grateful for your journey and that you are sharing all of this with your clients and with listeners and just from your vibration, from the vibration in the corporate environment and all the people that you're infecting and affecting just from your vibration. They don't even know what hit them when you walk in with your little crystal and your crystalline energy, but uh, it definitely uplifts me. And I had to laugh at one point of the show because um, uh, my father during the quarantine he did rock painting, and they <gasps> put them out in the yard for people to just come by and pick up a rock. And the one that they sent me in the mail is painted yellow with a flower on it, and it says share. <laughs> oh, my God. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, so you giving people rocks as a child, you know what I'm saying? Yes, that is all of the energy of of that excitement of the earth. And it, it, there's nothing just simple about a rock, right? It, it may not be shiny, but it is a piece of the mother earth or the planet that has dislodged itself. And so kids see the beauty in rocks, but adults lose that perspective. And so being able to see that beauty and the energy and to have the conversations that you're able to have with the crystals is is beautiful. And I can't wait until your book comes out. You know, librarian, we love books. So I'm definitely going to have to have that in the library collection as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you for those blessings. Thank you for that confidence. Thank you. Thank you for that trust and faith. And and thank you so much, um, Joelle, for the opportunity. You know, I can talk about crystals and rocks and minerals all night through without even getting a sore throat. Um, It's such a passion 
And I I can't wait for the day, you know, the book comes out and that I can talk about it. But meanwhile, I use classes as that opportunity. I know everyone feels I'm teaching them something, but I'm learning so much and I'm doing something that I love, which is just to talk about crystals. And I can't wait to start those in person because one thing that we've done over the past two years is have classes over Zoom, but that personal connection, because I bring crystals to my classes so everyone gets to touch them and feel them and feel their energy and vibration. And that in itself, I feel, helps heal, helps, you know, um, brighten up the light of people. And I love, love doing that so much. Oh, yes. I, I got to meet several other people who'd been attending your classes at your open house. And I mean, they were just as excited as I was, but a little more knowledgeable because they've been with you for several weeks. So that was inspiring. I do have a question in the chat room. They, somebody wants to know, do you uh, ever host field trips? Like, um, I know we've got the Jackson mine, I think, up in North Georgia. I'm not sure about the vibration there, but I've been wanting to take the Good Vibe Tribe on a crystal dig um, at some point, and I I don't know if you would be open to being our, you know, field expert on that kind of dig, or if you have another location, uh, would you be open to that? And can we, can we drag you out into the field somewhere and get in the mud? <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, just before the um, so the fall before the pandemic, I was in conversation with someone who actually uh, was part owner of two mines here in Georgia and North Carolina, and I was planning a dig with to take a bunch of people out uh, on a dig with him. Um, but we had safety uh, issues at one of the mines, and then um, winter happened. So we postponed that um, to the summer, but then the pandemic happened, and so we never got to do it. So absolutely, that's on the list Yay. of the crystal masters and shaman in the city to host a dig, to go and get dirty and dig for crystals and identify the crystals, because that's something else that I do. A lot of people come to me and said, you know, over the years, I've accumulated over a hundred crystals, and I cannot, mm-hmm. for the life of me, remember all of them. Can you help me identify them? Oh, and I do, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I absolutely love doing them because I love it when oh, if if a crystal stumps me, oh my god, it's then like you know, worse than a dog with a bone. I will not rest till I find it, and I love, I love stuff like that. So going on a dig would be amazing to see what we can find and how we identify them. And, oh, it would be so exciting. So, yes, short answer, yes, yes, yes. Yay, yay. All right. Well, there we go in the chat. Thank you for that question. It was on my mind, too. And so uh, I guess we have something to look forward to when the warmer weather hits down in the southern region, which hits a lot sooner than it does for the folks in the North and Midwest. So for those of you listening outside of the state, you know, keep your eye out because you might have a little vacation uh, for you to kind of get your vibration elevated with the Good Vibe Tribe and those of us down here. So, well, Alka, you know, you and I could talk crystals for a long time and we will be back for a different conversation. 
I would like for it to be on video so that we can see some of your rare and exotic crystals that you have available. And, of course, we are going to be back tomorrow evening for part a new part of the conversation about the Zodiac and the astrology. And so, you know, Alka, thank you so much for joining. Did you have any last kind of words about your life and your, your story that you would like to share with people? Um, Joelle, thank you so much. And I think if there's anything I'd like to part words with on um, is really pay attention, you know, observation to life around you, um, no matter what. And if it's in the form of um, objects from the earth, even more so know that, you know, you are being blessed by spirit, by nature, by mother nature, um, be it a tree, a leaf, a bird, a feather, a rock, a crystal, anything at all, that that is your connection to the earth, um, that you're not meant to, you know, if you feel that um, you are here to do something different or something bigger than what you're doing, trust your instinct. Um, and follow that instinct. Um, You don't have to quit and leave everything behind, um, but you can definitely listen, observe, trust your instinct, follow it, um, kind of like following breadcrumbs till you get to where you need to. Um, There doesn't have to be big grand gestures. Um, that's, That's something major I find. Everyone's waiting for that big bang, that big epiphany, and sometimes when things happen in smaller breadcrumbs, it's more likely to stay and stick with you longer. Um, mm-hmm. And don't forget if a crystal, you know, or something shines really, really bright um, from um, uh, the crystal world, then you're probably meant to have it for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. Don't question it. Uh, pick it up or buy it or, you know, read about it later. And I guarantee you and promise you, you're going to go, oh, this is exactly what I needed. Mm. That's the delightful part about it. Spirit always <laughs> leads us to exactly what is needed. Exactly. Trust. Just trust. Yeah. Well, Alka, thank you. And to each of you who have tuned in this evening, adding your energy to this mix, or those of you that are listening at a future date, know that it is exactly the right time for you to find this story, to pick up this book of Alka off the shelf and to have sat with it for this time period. It's meant for you because there are no accidents. And so I absolutely acknowledge, see, and love and recognize the light in you. Namaste. Namaste and Joel, thank you so, so much. And thank you everyone for listening. Namaste.